you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, February 5th, 2024. Man, lots to talk about on this Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Alongside me as he is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it is Uncle T-Bone with me in the studio. Happy Monday, man. How was your weekend? Oh, it was a great, great weekend. We got to... Hush up old Lane Kiffin on Twitter and Auburn takes down <laughs> Ole Miss with one of the most impressive halftime display or half of basketball display that I have I have witnessed uh, with Bruce Pearl and Auburn basketball. You got to go back maybe to the first half of when Auburn hosted Kentucky a few years ago with Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, and that crew. And before that, that maybe 19 Final Four run team where Auburn just exploded, exploded on teams late. And Auburn puts on a display, just opens up a can, Jacob. Yes, they did. On Ole Miss in the second half and says, we got our quad one. We're clearly moving towards the NCAA tournament, and we're back, baby. And Bruce Pearl told all the haters to hush it up. Yes, he did. Well, Auburn had a big, big game over the weekend. So many other games to go over uh, from the weekend as well. We're going to talk a lot about that. The newest AP poll is out today. Also, a busy week here in Auburn with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Coming to town, Iron Boa Basketball 2.0, the revenge game for Auburn. And Janiah Broom called it. It's personal, is what he said Saturday night on the post-game show. So we have that to talk about. Signing day coming up this week. Anything uh, maybe going to be popping up for Auburn? No, not saying anything. There might be some rumors out there. Uh Big-time recruit just may or may not still have a little interest in Auburn. I don't know if I want to go there yet. Will Auburn have any additional signees, or will Auburn save a few scholarships possibly to go ahead and get into that transfer portal after spring ball when it opens up again. So, and speaking of the transfer portal, a certain team across the state got accused with a little tampering in the transfer portal over the weekend. Don't don't really know what's going on. I said it's fake news because Alabama knows good and well how to tamper and how not to tamper with just about everything. (laughs) So, um, you know, who knows what tampering is and isn't in college football right now. But already – Kalen DeBoer getting called out on Twitter by folks. And speaking of Kalen DeBoer, where's he been? Like underneath a rock or something? I hadn't heard Heiner or, or or anything else, if you know what I mean, since uh, really and truly since the Ryan Williams commitment. And Alabama also may be losing that offensive coordinator that they hired from Washington to the Seattle Seahawks. So a mm. lot is going on, Jacob. Where would you like to begin? Give us a call at 334-321-1390 here at On the Line, the show that calls it like it is. And holds nothing back. That's right. There you go. 334-321-1390. Yes, just, uh, I mean, tons of, of, of things to go over. Also, 
Happy Super Bowl week, man. We got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend and got confirmation this morning that That you're going. ESPN 106.7 sending you out live. Yeah, Steve Witten didn't, uh, he didn't approve that, unfortunately. I did not get the approval. I approve it, Jacob. Just go on out there. Take the the company car and credit card. Roll it out to Vegas. (laughs) Man, I would hop in the car right now if I could go. Have you ever been to Vegas? Oh, have I ever been to Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There you go. I would love to go out there. Um, No, I'm not going. But I did get confirmation uh, this morning that come Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock, the one and only Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will be joining us once again mm-hmm. on the show. All sorts of prop bets and and the national anthem and all sorts of good stuff. And, of course, his game picks for the Super Bowl. So we'll have that to talk about later this week as well. Yeah, Jacob. I mean, if we wanted to, we could just have a full two hours with Lee Sterling mm-hmm. breaking down the Super Bowl and all those picks. Lee Sterling, in case you didn't know it, from Paramount Sports has been hotter than a firecracker, especially during football season. Can't wait to catch up with Lee on Friday. Yes, that will be on Friday, but today is Monday. Lots to talk about, and we will begin with Auburn and Ole Miss. I actually had a chance to talk about this a little bit already uh, because Saturday night I was able to do after the game on Wings 94-3 with Jack Hutton calling basketball. Kyle Rush was out of town, and so I got to talk about it a little bit then, but even now sitting on it for a couple of days, it was a nice win for Auburn and about time they finally get that quad one win that they've been looking for. Well, what can you say about it? I mean, Auburn hit some threes early on in the game that kind of they, they took Ole Miss's best punch, especially in the first, ha- uh, first half of the first half. Ole Miss had a nice first half over there at home. We called it. You cannot go too far down on the road. You cannot get in foul trouble, and you've got to play defense. And Auburn did all of that. And Ole Miss was emotional. Their crowd was fired up. I mean, they, they you know, for some reason – the, the Johnny Rebs over there from Oxford has just, have just decided that Auburn is one of their big-time rivals now, and we yeah. just kind of swat them away with flies. I mean, in just about every sport, Auburn dominates Ole Miss historically. But um, one thing that had happened a couple of weeks ago is they'd come over here to Neville Arena and gotten run up out of Lee County, and they wanted, you know, they wanted a little blood. Chris Beard and team came with a hatchet. And that crowd was fired up, and Lane Kiffin was over there stirring the pot like Lane does. Of course. You know, and, and getting people all rowdy on uh, on Twitter for didn't quite some time. Didn't see him there Saturday, and, uh, did you? No, I didn't quite see him. He said he was there. He was probably there in spirit only. And uh, Auburn took a – there were a lot of headwinds heading into this game. And a lot of people, a lot of people not named on the line had Auburn on upset alert. Mm-hmm. But we just kind of felt like that – Despite all of the, uh, you know, key indicators that were kind of trending towards Ole Miss way here on Friday when we talked about it, that Auburn's just a better basketball team. Chris Beard said it after the game. He said that team was uh, tougher and that they were uh, uh, that they were in better physical shape than us and that they wanted it more. First half was a little rocky, but Auburn hung in there and you just kind of felt you just kind of felt right there at the end of the first half that Ole Miss was kind of punch drunk. They'd thrown everything they had at Auburn, and that game still wasn't over. And what did the Tigers do? They came out in the second half. Apparently, Chad Baker-Mazar had a little pep talk with the team himself. what they say. Took it upon himself to say, hey, coaches, get out of here. i got to talk to everybody. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, that was one of the best halves of basketball I've seen Auburn ever play in my lifetime. I wonder if he, uh, I wonder if he did that in English or Spanish. I'm not sure which Spanglish, one. Spanglish, probably. <laughs> a little bit of Spanglish. Hey, that'll scare you. That'll, that'll get you motivated to play a little basketball. And, and Auburn had to do that in the second half. They played 
one of the best offensive halves of basketball I've ever seen. Statistically, and just from a uh, flow standpoint, they had 56 points in that second half. They shot 73% from the floor. They scored 1.7 points per possession, Uncle T-Bone. Every time they went down the floor, they were almost scoring two points every single time. And it, it just... It was something we hadn't seen from this Auburn team. And I don't care where you look in college basketball. It's going to be really, really hard to find another 20 minutes of basketball that looked like that. And not only did that happen, that happened coming out of the locker room after you were down by nine. But what I think started it was the Denver Jones three in the corner right before the half. That was about to be a double-digit deficit, Uncle T-Bone. Ended up being nine. Single digits means a whole lot more than double because that's what Bruce Pearl said in his post-game press conference. Guys, it's just nine points. Yeah. Yeah, you you uh, you create a couple. You come out and score first, maybe with a three at six. You create a turnover and get another three, and and you're only down by three, and it's a whole new ball game, right? Tigers go twelve of twenty-seven from the three-point line. That is forty-four percent. You will take that all day and twice on Sunday. Tigers shoot fifty-four percent, almost fifty-five percent from the field for the game. Here's a glaring statistic that uh, sticks out to yours truly right here and just really shows over time during the game how much more physical and how much in better shape Auburn was. 42 rebounds for the Tigers, 26 for Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. And that's something that Auburn should be doing because Auburn has the size, Auburn has the strength, and the thing we all talk about, Auburn's got the depth, which gives them the energy and the and just the the will to go get loose balls, and they should. They should absolutely go and get rebounds. You should never be tired on this Auburn team because there's always somebody behind you. You're always getting minutes on the floor and on the bench, and so Auburn should never be outworked, and I don't think that was the case on Saturday. It obviously played out in Auburn's favor, and in my opinion, Uncle T-Bone, when you go on the road in college basketball and you score over 80 points, you've got a good chance to win a basketball game. And Auburn scored 91, taking down Ole Miss 91 to 77. The other point, or the other, um, the the other stat that I want to talk about, and I lost it, it was the bench points for Auburn. Unbelievable bench points for Auburn. Over 30 from guys that did not start in this game you cannot compete with that I don't care who you are in this sport when you've got production like that coming off the bench that's a really really tough team to beat well a mark of a good team uh and I'm with you on that I mean that's just that's unbelievable right I mean if they're going to continue to do that they're going to go deep into the tournament because other teams just don't have that kind of production from their from their uh, non-starting five. But what, what I saw out of Auburn more than anything was a team that hit a different gear in that second half. Now, I know that's two games in a row they've done that. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt, of course, but they do it against a good Ole Miss team, a quad one te a win team on the road, in their house, against all odds. They're able to hit a whole different gear that this team has and, you know, we've seen it at times this year, but it's good to see it back, especially as you get towards the end of the season, because if they want to get into a run in the NCAA tournament, there's going to be multiple games in that second half. They hit another gear. Tigers hold Ole Miss 
They give up 77, but only give up 33 in the second half. Huge. That is just amazing. Huge. That kind of defense, lockdown defense, and when you're scoring 56 points, it's game over. Yeah, 36-8 to eight was the stat I was looking for. 36 bench points for Auburn to Ole Miss's 8. I'm not very great at math, Uncle T-Bone, but that's a heavy advantage for Auburn when you go 36-8 to eight and you outscore them by 28 points off the bench alone. That's, I mean, that's a that's over a fourth of your points that you're scoring from guys that don't start on your team. I, I, I've never seen a team do that. I really haven't. That's unheard of in college basketball. And, and the question becomes, and we've had this question all year, is, is that sustainable? Because there have been times where bench players get in, Dylan Cardwell, Katie Johnson, CBM even at times, Chaney Johnson, they get in and they don't score a whole lot. They still impact the game, but they don't score a whole lot. This was not the case in this game because you had CBM have probably his best game as an Auburn Tiger with 15 total points, 5 of 10 shooting from the floor, 3 of 6 from behind the arc. Also pulled in 9 rebounds to tie Janai Broom with a team high. That's effective basketball off the bench. You also had KD Johnson get back into the flow of things, who had a perfect game from the floor, may I say. 4 of 4 from the floor, 1 of 1 from behind the arc, and 2 of 2 at the free throw line. So, you're getting that off the bench, and you can afford to not have a great day by Trey Donaldson or Denver Jones, if that ends up being the case, or Aiden Holloway, who still seems to kind of be uh, a little bit in a downswing here. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw something out of Aiden Holloway, though, in that second half of the game. It's like uh, he finally got his uh, rear in gear and uh, started hitting a different level with the intensity and the speed of which he'd been he was playing the game the last couple of games really looked like he'd kind of gone to sleep out there was a little timid and I felt like not only that maybe it was just the entire Auburn team pulling him along and pulling him up out of his lull and speaking of Trey Donaldson I thought he played an excellent first half and helped keep Auburn in that game early with some key shots he was very effective driving to the basket and distributing the ball and what can you say about Chad Baker Mazar that hasn't already been said by everybody else uh, in college basketball after this last game he was aggressive yes and when you get him going towards the basket you're going to create some serious mismatches for teams out there that Auburn's going to play into the future so all in all and then obviously Jani Broom is uh probably playing some of the best basketball right now in college basketball is is any of the top five to ten players in college basketball so look I mean when Auburn's clicking they are unbeatable I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that when they are clicking like they are and everyone's it's almost like a feeding frenzy it's like there's blood in the water and all the sharks come and they come off the bench they come from Bruce Pearl. They come from the starters. They come from the fans. And we're going to need a lot of sharks to feed this Wednesday with Alabama coming to town. Speaking of which, this kind of caught me off guard with the AP coming out. Auburn ranked 12th in the AP that dropped today. And I think that's a very fair ranking for the Tigers right now. Alabama only ranked 16th. They're, they're, they're playing better basketball than that. Yeah, and, and there's some questionable things on that AP poll that did drop earlier today in college basketball. You look at it quickly here as we'll kind of give you a rundown before we get to break and talk some more about college basketball. 
UConn, the number one team in the country, uh, flirting with trying to go back-to-back, Uncle Tebow, and that's an unbelievably good UConn team. Purdue, their number two, got a huge win at number six, Wisconsin, on the road yesterday. North Carolina winning the battle of Duke, North Carolina, in dominant fashion. That's a good North Carolina team as well. Uh, Kansas, four. Houston, five. Tennessee, six, after a very impressive win on the road at Kentucky this weekend. We were wrong about the Cats, Uncle Tebow. Yeah, we were, and, you know, you got to start – uh, and to begin to wonder, uh, you know, what's going on with that Kentucky basketball program right now? And, you know, there's no real talk of hot seatness, obviously, with John Calipari. But it's been a while since they've been dominant and they've been good. And that was an ugly loss. And their fans were ready to rock and roll Saturday night. And they just didn't show up for the first half of that game. Yeah, Marquette 7, Arizona 8, Duke 9. I'll get you down to Auburn, then we'll take a break. Duke at 9, Illinois at 10, Wisconsin at 11. And then Auburn is at 12. And I'm kind of with you. That is a that's a favorable spot for Auburn to be, given what they've done the last four or five games. I mean, could you say that they're the 12th best team and that there's better teams than them? I think you could probably find some the way they're playing. But if they play the way they did in the second half against Ole Miss, like you said, nobody's beating this team right now. No, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a bold statement, but that kind of basketball is just they're going to run people off the court if they continue to play like that, which it's really hard to maintain that level, obviously, especially with so much basketball to go in this season. But, you know, I, it's a fair ranking. I think it's a little high, actually. I mean, I'm with just you. for my look, you yeah. know, just looking at it and looking at some of the teams, you know, there's a Baylor team ranked right behind Auburn that beat Auburn to open up the season. And South Carolina finally jumps up into the top 25 and they jump ahead of Alabama, who Alabama dominated early on in SEC basketball play. So, you know, these rankings, uh, take them with a grain of salt. But, uh, you know, it's just something to talk about. But nice to see Auburn kind of moving back up the AP Top 25 instead of falling back. Yeah, we'll talk some more about that when we come back. We'll take our first break here in hour number one. You also were talking about Janai Broom. He was flirting with a triple-double. Oh, yeah. That's pretty hard to do even when you're getting held back by the one and only Morgan Freeman on the sidelines, man. We'll talk about that some more in college basketball when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You. Are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390. Terry, happy Monday, man. How are you? Hey, Jacob T Bone, how y'all doing today? Doing all right, Terry. Can't complain yeah. too much on a Monday. Right. Who yeah, well, it's Monday anyway. I tell you, the weather of Fulia looks warmer than it is out there. Yeah. Um, the win against Alabama would be the most important thing. But just as important, people aren't talking about that. They got pushed around. Alabama pushed them around. They can't let that happen. They, they, can't, they can't lose. I've said that before, and I'm going to say it again. They can't lose, but they really can't get pushed around at all. Yeah. Alabama I'm... had no trouble knocking Auburn to the floor. Mm. And they oh, had yeah. all kind of problems with Auburn's inside game. Well, it's been like that for a couple of years now, right? I mean, especially up there in Coleman Coliseum, it seems like that they especially uh, get the benefit of the doubt on fouling or kind of uh, pushing or nudging or, or elbowing Janai Broom. 
And once he gets down to the ground, you know, pulling some shenanigans that don't get called like a possible hand stomp or or throw down at the back of the uh, at the back of the baseline like there was last year when it should have been a, a technical foul called on him. So I'm with you. Auburn's going to have to toughen up a little bit. This, you know, I don't like Nate Oates. Everybody knows that, and I can't stand his face. But the guys can coach, and he's gritty, and his teams play hard, and they play. You know, to the very definition of, uh, I don't want to say dirty, but physical for sure. It's kind of like the Utah Jazz in the 80s. Jake is probably too young to remember this T-Bone, but I always thought they got unfairly labeled as a dirty team. I just think they played really, really hard and aggressive. I thought the Detroit Pistons were dirty. I've watched, hey, I've watched enough film and videos and, and documentaries and stuff. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, the, the, the Pistons were the Pistons dirty. were a little dirty. Yeah, they, but they also embraced it, and they were going to come in and knock you in the mouth, and that's back in the good days of the NBA, right? Where, as the Utah Jazz, sure, they were going to come in, and you, you were going to take a couple of ice baths after the game because they were just going to hit you hard with the hip check or hit you at the back, or they're going to box you out, and, and you're going to earn it against the Utah Jazz in the 80s. It's kind of like Mississippi State in football. You, you always beat them, but you left that game bruised and battered beat up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good comparison. Hey, Terry, people forget that the original uh, tough guy team in the early 80s were the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, they'd beat you up. Larry yeah. Bird and McHale and those guys, they were no joke. But the bad boys came on with the Pistons. But I'm with you. Uh, the Jazz were tough, and the mailman would always deliver. Carl Malone. Carl Malone. And uh, they were a gritty basketball team. I think the difference in this Auburn team, maybe in the one last year or the year before, is Auburn has just as much capability of, as being as physical and aggressive if not more than Alabama, with plenty of depth on the bench and plenty of players who are willing to mix it up. So um, it's going to be a war Wednesday, no doubt about it. If Auburn is ex- uh, expecting the SEC officials to give them any breaks even at home and give them the benefit of the doubt and they're looking for uh, for calls instead of looking to get up in somebody's grill and play some hard-nosed basketball – they, you know, they got another thing coming. You got to just go out there and you got to physically whip Alabama when you go against them in any sport and, and, and leave no doubt. Yeah. That's like I said last week, guys. I know Mark Sears is by far their best player. Mm-hmm. But the Broom and Williams and, and, and Cardwell, they're going to have to knock him to the floor, put the ball up in about the third row, and just let him know, yeah, you're going to call for a technical, maybe even a intentional. We'll see. Yeah, I'm but with you. Let him know if you come in here, this is going to happen. There you this go. is what I like to call a body bag game. Yeah. Somebody's leaving in a body bag, Jacob. This is the lock the gates and see who gets out, right? Right. Take care, guys. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. And we're got, we got three days to talk about that game, and we will, man. Don't you worry. We're going to hype that up. And, and look, Jack and I talked about this late on after the game on, on Saturday night over on Wings at the very end of the show. And we're not getting into this right now. I'm just going to pose the question that – was posed on that show for Auburn to win an outright SEC regular season championship is Wednesday night against Alabama. Is it a must win game? That's the question that we've posed. And that's the question that we will pose on this show. And that's the question that we will answer over the next few days, because I think it is a legitimate one, but you look at, as we were talking about what was happening over the weekend, right? Auburn now 12 in the AP poll, Alabama at 16 in the AP poll. I know some people are 
a little confused with with how the AP poll stacks up. Kentucky at 17 after a rough week for the Cats at home, Uncle T-Bone. Both games at home, and they let Tennessee come in there and look. Well, that's sort of their biggest rivals, really. I mean, it's up there. Florida coming in and then followed by Tennessee in the SEC. I mean, they're... You know, Kentucky, every, yeah. Kentucky's everybody's rival, but that's really two of their big ones. Right. I mean, look, and Kentucky basketball for years has been like Alabama football, where you're going to get everybody's best shot. You're getting everybody's best game. That's just a fact. Auburn basketball is at that point, I think. I mean, look at what happened Saturday against Ole Miss. That people, was their Super Bowl. People show up. They come to town. Ticket prices skyrocket when Auburn comes to town in the same ways for Kentucky. Now, feels Cats, good, man. It does. The Cats were at home. And that's a big game versus Tennessee. And in years past with Rick Barnes, those Tennessee teams, they're going to score 60 points, they're going to punch you in the mouth, and they're going to beat you defensively. Not this time. Tennessee said, yeah, we'll drop a 100-piece on you inside Rupp Arena. I did a little research on Saturday night with a good friend, Jack Hunt. i got to pull up the stats so I get it correct here. Kentucky allowed 103 points on Saturday night to Tennessee inside of Rupp Arena. You know when the last time that happened was? It was Virginia Military Institute, VMI, on November 14th, 2008, when they beat Kentucky 111 to 103. How about that? I would, you could have given me 10,000 guesses and I'd have never <laughs> guessed VMI. VMI back in 2008, the last time a team dropped a 100-piece inside Rupp Arena. Unbelievable. It was a fantastic uh, Saturday for basketball. And uh, I cannot wait to get into it when we get back from the break, Jacob. Yes, we will. We'll talk more about it. Love to get your thoughts on it. 334-321-1390. Reminder, Jacob Hillman will join us coming up in hour number two as well. We'll get updates from all around Auburn Athletics. But more basketball when we come back. Jacob Goetz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into the first hour here on the Monday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Talking a lot of college basketball, kind of uh, getting caught up from a huge weekend in the sport. You had four top 10 matchups this weekend, Uncle T-Bone. So many other top 25 games and teams that were in action. Newest AP poll is out. And as we get into February, we talked about this, man. February is the make or break month for for college basketball teams this is when the top of the conferences the bottom of the conferences they get split the middle of the conferences kind of get sifted out a little bit right just like the pan back in the gold rush back in in san francisco (laughs) dippy thing in the water right sifted out the bottom's gonna fall out and the remaining ones will be there come the middle of march that's what february is all about and that's what's happening right now in college basketball yeah, I mean, it's do or die time, right? I mean, we got 36 days until the uh, 2024 SEC tournament, uh, Wednesday, March 13th. There is a lot of hay that needs to be made by several teams around college basketball, especially in the SEC. We talked about this Friday. I kind of have my thoughts on how many teams right now are looking to get into uh, into the tournament out of the SEC 
been a lot of numbers thrown around. That eight number seems to be where everyone's landing. There's kind of a de facto line right there at eight. I think you've got uh, seven teams that are going to get in, especially if it were today. Alabama, South Carolina, Auburn, Tennessee, Ole Miss, there's your top five in the league. Kentucky and Florida make seven. And then there's four teams vying for that eight spot right now. Texas A&M, LSU, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Everybody else is done at the bottom, and three of those teams I think will be done. A couple of those teams have a little bit better bubble chance than the others. The team I think that will rise up out of all of those is Texas A&M just because Buzz Williams is such a good coach Mm -hmm. and Wade Taylor IV is such a good player and they've got the experience. The best team out of them right now I think is Georgia and they just got a couple of bad losses where they've played really good teams. Yeah. So uh, the league is very sound. You'll be seeing this theme all around college basketball right now. We could spend a whole week going conference by conference on who the bubble players are and who's in. But uh, I'm with you, Jacob. It's go time. We said this Friday it started with Ole Miss for me. There were seven games, really, the next seven games. Auburn needed to go four and three. They're they're right there. They can afford to go three and three from here on out and still be a very high seed in the NCAA tournament. We were asked last week if if fourteen and four was good enough to win the SEC outright. And at the time I said yes. But I think given what's happening at the top right now, I don't know. I don't know if fourteen and four is good enough anymore because that would require Alabama to lose at least three more times, if not four, in the SEC. And you look at Alabama's remaining schedule, it's nowhere near as tough as Auburn's remaining schedule. You look at Tennessee or Kentucky or South Carolina. Like their schedules right. are not as tough. Like Auburn's going through their toughest stretch right now. They're about to hit it right now. And they've got to be able to take advantage of that and you look at Alabama as we compare them they're 16th in the AP poll after uh, going on a four-game winning streak beating Mississippi State a lot to a little over the weekend they've got of course at Auburn this this Wednesday night they have A&M at home Florida at home right they've got Kentucky on the road Tennessee at home at Florida so I mean I, I you know looking through the rest of their games realistically for me For this Alabama team, all right, I'm going to say they're going to lose against Auburn. They're going to win against LSU. They're going to, that's on the road. They're going to win home versus A&M, beat Florida at home. I don't know, on the road at Kentucky, given what Tennessee just did, because Kentucky's defense is, is abysmal. It's horrible. I mean, it is really, really bad, but I'll give Kentucky the edge. Bama's going to win at Ole Miss. The game that's going to decide it, is when Tennessee goes to Coleman Coliseum. Can Tennessee take down Alabama? If that's the case, Absolutely I, think, I think the Crimson Tide could probably beat Florida on the road, and then they're going to destroy Arkansas because that season can't come to an end soon enough. So, <laughs> a, lot look, of, a lot of things can't come to an end at Arkansas. I'm right telling you. Soon. I'm telling you. And, and look, Auburn, Allegedly. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn has to get some help. There's no doubt about it. Auburn has to get a little bit of help. 14-4 and four is going to be a tough notch to, to be the winner of the SEC right now. Well, they're going to have to win Wednesday. If Alabama wins Wednesday, they're probably going to be your SEC regular season champion, in my opinion. Which comes down to that question that I asked, and we'll go ahead and start talking about it. Does, yeah. that, does Wednesday become a must-win for Auburn? If you want to win the SEC regular season yes. title, yes, it is. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, it, it, to me, it's a must-win for a lot of reasons. You know, uh, the, the, it'll put a lot of into that NATO zones Bruce Pearl talk. And uh, it's a trajectory game from the rest of the season on for Auburn. Alabama's trajectory game was against us at home. Now the rest of the season for us, there's a trajectory game against Alabama. Are we going to go ahead and take care of business? Go ahead and get Alabama out of Neville Arena with a big fat L and keep on rolling towards a possible SEC championship and very high seed in the NCAA tournament? Or are we just going to keep doing this up, down, up, down? Some weeks we're hot, some weeks we're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at these next nine games for Alabama, and I'm with you. We'll just go ahead and take Arkansas. That's the last game of the uh, conference game and regular season game for the Tide on 3-9, that's going to be a big-time W. Arkansas may not even have a team by then. Which had a chance to be such a good regular season finale, man. If Arkansas had been anything near what they were supposed to be, imagine, I mean, that could have been a game that decided the SEC regular season championship. Well, not anymore. Preseason, a lot of uh, the so-called pundits thought. Mm-hmm. Alabama comes to town against Auburn, and then they travel to LSU. Do not sleep on LSU if Auburn goes down. If Alabama goes down to Auburn Wednesday night, this could be almost like the same scenario a couple of weeks ago when Auburn was on the road and went to Alabama on a Wednesday and took an L, and then didn't just quite wake up for a Mississippi State team that's kind of May. Mm-hmm. LSU put up a pile of points against Alabama on the road. LSU is a uh, sneaky sneaky athletic team i'm not going to say they're a good basketball team but they are seriously athletic and when they get hot they can put up a pile of points really quickly yeah after that a&m comes to town against alabama that'll be a war a&m is every game now it's almost like a tournament game for them like i said they're one of those four teams really in the sec vying for that eight spot that everybody thinks they're going to get they are going to be desperate and buzz williams is a good coach which is where they thrive man you remember last they, they year really and in years past they at texas a&m thrives in those have to have it must win situations and that's where buzz williams gets his team up the most that's where they play the hardest for him and and that's where that's where they do their most damage so yeah. sure watch out for texas yeah, a&m this eight game stretch for the tide is not an easy one florida's red hot they would come to town who knows what Kentucky's going to be, but they're going to be tough at home for Alabama. I mean, it's a great team. They just can't defend. They just don't. They just have not. He has not been able to get it all together. Something's missing up there, and perhaps it might be the. Uh, I don't know. Some UK fans might think it's the head coach now. Do you mm. think that they would make a change after all these years, or Calipari might just say, "Forget it. I need something new," kind of like Steve Spurrier did after all those years at Florida when they started kind of. Not really going downhill, but dropping down a little bit. Well, look, I, I'm I'm good friends with a lot of Kentucky fans. I'm friends with Lance Dahl, who does Locked On Kentucky. Like, Kentucky fans are fed up, man. They are. They're fed up because all of this time, it's been the same situation as Nick Saban at Alabama, where Kentucky basketball, yeah, there's some big blue bloods out there. We know them. I don't have to name them all for you, but realistically or theoretically I guess if Kentucky wanted him Kentucky got him right Kentucky had all the five stars all the McDonald's All-Americans they had best recruiting class in the history of college basketball here's the difference Alabama had that with football but Nick Saban was winning SEC championships winning national championships and putting guys in the league and putting rings on their fingers Kentucky on the other hand was getting top recruiting classes in the country all the five stars that you could ever possibly want they were putting guys in the league sure I, I 
would be, I would I haven't seen it updated, but I would say they've got the most in the NBA. But they're not winning championships. They're not winning rings. They're not winning the thing that you're supposed to be doing in college basketball. John Calipari has won at Kentucky. That was 12 years ago. That was back in 2012 with Anthony Davis. Yeah, they're not even winning SEC championships out of the tournament either. Remember the right. it, the, the SEC uh, tournament, tournament used, to be used to just be big grounds. blue nation, yeah. right? They just roll in on Friday right. and, and, and as the top seed and roll out on Sunday with – uh, four fifths of the crowd going wild and singing Kentucky's praises. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you. I think that there's something missing up there. And and look, over time, fans get frustrated, and and coaches who are great, and he is a great coach, but have have a lot of ego, right? You know, he's one of those guys that I used to could not stand, and then I began to respect. And once you begin to respect one of these coaches, you begin to like them. Yeah. But you the, know, you can't hate on them anymore. But but he's got a ton of ego mm-hmm. and a ton of personality. And he's not gonna put up with with average fan going uh, buck wild on him on the message board when they have a season that might not be up to big blue standards because he has done a lot up there. But you know what? It's been a while since he's done a whole lot. Exactly. And the problem is, same thing with Alabama, is the playing field has been leveled. The there, SEC well, the SEC in college basketball has become so much better than it was 10 and 15 years ago when Kentucky just ran through everybody because yeah. the SEC was a big joke. And just think how good it's going to be with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the league Bingo. next year. Exactly. And we all know that expansion is not done. I'm going to throw a team at you, though, real quick that you've been high on all year. And quite frankly, looking at the rest of their schedule, Jacob, you've got to keep an eye on South Carolina oh, you win, better believe to it. win the SEC. Look at this next run for them. They'll host Ole Miss tomorrow night at home. Win. They'll host Vandy on Saturday. Dub. Then they go to Auburn. Mm, not going to win. That's a toss-up game. Not going to win. That's a toss-up game right there, Jacob. South Carolina's very good. LSU comes to town. Win. They go to Mississippi. Uh, w. They go to Texas A&M. Win. Then they host Florida. Win. And then they host Tennessee. That's a tough one. If anybody can do it, it's South Carolina because of their defense. People do not understand how good that defense really is. So they're 7-2 and two in conference play right now. They'll end the season on March 9th. 2.30, excuse me, one thirty Central Standard Time going to Mississippi State in the hump. When? They'll get a W there. So you may be right, this 14-4 and four number may not even be Alabama's number, but South Carolina will clearly be there, and they may be the team that sneaks up there and takes the regular season championship with that schedule. It's easier in Bama's, and it's certainly easier in Auburn's to end the season. Yeah, I'm just curious on on what South Carolina does here in the back half, right? Because you look at what they've done in SEC play so far, four-point win to open up against Mississippi State. Okay, everybody's going to point to that game inside of Coleman Coliseum where they dropped an egg. They did. They dropped an fat egg with 47 points on the road in Coleman Coliseum that's the biggest weakness of the South Carolina team they don't score it particularly well but inside of Coleman Coliseum where Alabama averages over 85 points a game I'd be willing to bet they held them to 74 and a two-point win over Missouri not great but it was on the road so I'll give them a little bit of credit they lost to Georgia who's a good team they just haven't figured out how to win games yet right has that Georgia team but Look at this last five games. Five games in a row, including Kentucky and Tennessee, two of the best teams in the conference. 
I mean, they are playing red-hot basketball right now, and that schedule sets up well. And that leaves, to me, one the last four uh, – the last of the four teams that could actually win and has a realistic chance of winning the regular season championship. That's your Tennessee volunteers through the AP voters just love 16 and five overall six and two in league play. Let's go through them real quick and then we'll take a break. Tennessee will host LSU win or loss. Oh yeah. Win. Then they go to a and M. Uh, win. Then they go to Arkansas. <laughs> Big win. Then they host Vandy. Mm. Let me check out how easy this schedule is. <laughs> Come on now. Then they go to Missouri. Win. Host A&M again. Win. Host Auburn. Mm. Auburn does not play well in Thompson Bowling, so probably a win. Then they go to Alabama. Loss. Then they go to South Carolina. Loss. And then they host Kentucky on March 9th to end the SEC Gosh. regular season. Look, they're going to be 14-4, and four too. I believe they've got the easier pathway than South Carolina does and certainly easier than Alabama and Auburn. So, yeah. you know, one of, those, one of those four teams probably be the last man standing, probably might be a conference tie, right? I guess you go to head-to-head then, or do they just split it? For for what for the well for the regular season conference championship they'll go to tiebreakers and stuff like that yeah okay and so, then you can do you can have co champions they will do that um, and then you know you start getting into seedings and stuff like that which that's where this gets important too is sure. top four seedings for the SEC tournament because you get the double bye then you don't play till Friday right. in the SEC tournament we know how big that is yeah I, I I do feel that way but for some reason oftentimes it seems like to me when there there's always that one or two teams that doesn't play to Friday and they just can't they can't throw it in the ocean man you know because they've just been sitting there and the other team that's gotten to them is kind of hot and mm. you to the rims and got their looks in the Coliseum. So I'm with you. It does matter leg-wise. I think that's more important for your overall uh, health and stamina heading into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, you want to play as little games as possible and be as seated as high as possible and be well-rested. Right. And the thing I always say, too, when we get down to conference tournaments is you don't – there is no worse place to be than needing a run in a conference championship week to get to the NCAA tournament you don't want to be there you want to have it handled and settled before you Uh, get there now again a team like Texas A&M that's how they get there that's how they do it they're cool with that that's fine Um, but I don't think Auburn's going to be in that boat a lot of those teams we just talked about I don't think will be in that situation either 334-321-1390 give us a call what's on your mind what do you think about college basketball for this weekend we'll get into some Auburn football things and Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network will join us coming up in hour number two we'll take our final break wrap up the first hour when we come back here on ESPN 1067 you are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, couple of more minutes here in hour number one. We appreciate you being with us on ESPN 1067. A little sunshine coming out on this Monday afternoon after what was just a, a nasty weekend, man. Just rain and cold and and you know me, I, we were talking off offline over the weekend. I dealt with uh, car troubles all weekend and had to be out yesterday when it was just cold and windy and just nasty it's like oh it's terrible so glad to see the uh, sunshine come out a little bit on this monday afternoon and again we appreciate you being with us on espn 1067 we talked a lot of basketball in this first hour and just because of how big 
of a weekend that this was and how big of a week this is about to be for basketball with Auburn and Alabama. And I'm curious on, and I'm sure we're going to hear this as we get closer to Wednesday, but do you think there's any sort of confidence, real confidence in Alabama and Alabama fans that they can come in here and win this game? I think they should. I think they should have some confidence. I know Neville Arena is a scary place, and, and Auburn inside of Neville Arena is scary, obviously, but team versus team, given what happened the first time around, I think Alabama should have a little bit of confidence. I mean, they came in last year and won. Yeah. They came in, you know, they swept the uh, series last year. Of course there's confidence up there. That That's one of the few fan bases who, when they're winning, they're going all the way. There's no negative, Nancy. It's one of the things you got to tip your hat to their fans. They expect championships, and when they get to winning, that's what they they are going to demand. And and they've won a lot of championships in football, so they uh, you know they 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 walk the walk with it. So I think that they they if they haven't been paying attention to their basketball team, they better think that they can come in and win here. Because I can promise you, there's plenty of Auburn fans like me who think that they can come in and win this game. Auburn's going to have to play a very solid game to beat Alabama. They are red hot right now. Mm -hmm. If you didn't watch them Saturday against Mississippi State, Mm. and a lot of people missed that because Tennessee and Kentucky were on the mothership nationwide at that time, and Alabama and State were on the SEC network, they destroyed the Bulldogs in Coleman Coliseum. And they looked really, really good and really, really quick. And I don't even think they've got Nick Pringle back yet either. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're playing red-hot basketball. You know, my only thoughts about a team right now that's playing really, really good is you better keep it going. You don't want to peak too soon. I've seen several Auburn teams over the last couple of years peak too soon and kind of get to tournament time and not really have it all together. I think Alabama did a little bit of that last year. They obviously had a weird situation with Brandon Miller and that whole deal that didn't that was weighing heavy on them the whole time they were in the tournament. But yeah, I mean, real quick, the HUD matrix are out. Uh oh. My man, my man Jack Hudden over there on Twitter's got him ranked fifth in his poll. So look, if uh, they 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 know they can come in and win this game, Auburn better be ready, and Auburn fan better be ready. Well, good thing is we've got a few more days to talk about that. We've got some Auburn football things to talk about, college football things to talk about coming up in hour number two. Plus, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us. He'll tell us everything going on around Auburn athletics. That's coming up in hour number two. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Hour number one is in the books. If you missed any of the first hour, uh, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search On the Line or go to our station website at ESPNAU.com. Joining me in the studio, as he does each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it's Uncle T-Bone as we get into hour number two. Lots of basketball talk in hour number one. We'll get back into that a little bit later when uh, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us on the phone lines. We'll talk Auburn men's basketball, the heartbreaker yesterday for Auburn women's basketball, uh, gymnastics as well, baseball season, softball season all coming up. So we'll talk about all that with Jacob Hillman coming up in just about 30 minutes or so. But until then, you can get in on the show, be a part of it, 334-321-1390. Your thoughts on Auburn basketball over the weekend, college basketball over the weekend, the big recruiting day that Auburn football had over the weekend. Some big names were on campus this weekend, Uncle T-Bone for Hugh Freeze and this new-looking coaching staff. Yeah, they're going to continue to just hardcore recruit, and you might as well get used to it, Auburn fan and rival fan out there listening. Hugh Freeze puts a emphasis on recruiting maybe above anything else that a coach can actually do while on staff Auburn's going to lose it looks like Jeremy Garrett the defensive line coach to the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah who is uh, apparently just a very hot commodity right now on the uh, on the coaching trail and one heck of a good recruiter the good news is though Auburn fan this guy is a top-notch dude he didn't just pack up and leave town over the weekend, Auburn's hosting just several, several, uh, I mean, probably into the hundreds of, ty- of big-time players in the 25 class, 26 class, and beyond. And he's there helping uh, helping Hugh Freeze and staff recruit to Auburn, even though he's already taken a job with Jacksonville and, and is, is really just filling in that void, you know, until someone gets hired at Auburn. You've, you've, I haven't really heard any names been thrown around yet to be the uh, new defensive line coach at Auburn, but I'm sure that that'll get filled uh, pretty quickly with spring practice and a new defensive coordinator. Uh, Spring practice is right around the corner and a new defensive coordinator in town that's probably ready to start getting his system uh, implemented and getting his coaches used to his style and system. Yeah, and you know that brings up an interesting topic that's been growing in a trend more than anything uh, that's been growing over – I guess the last year, but really here in the last couple of months. And it is from all the way from athletic trainers to defensive line coaches to coordinators and now even to head coaches. So many people are leaving the college game. Yeah. So many coaches are saying, to heck with this. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to go coach in the pros. If I'm good enough in getting interest from the NFL, I'm going to go coach that. Because it has become easier, yes, easier to be an NFL coach than it is to be a college coach right now. Am I saying coaching the game itself? No, probably not, because you're going up against the best of the best. But we've had this before. You go and you get to be a coach 
How crazy of an idea is that? Where you get to go and do your job and coach up your guys and get them ready to play a game over the weekend rather than what the college game has become. And we're not going to go fully down this rabbit hole, but it's just why this is another example. I mean, they're fleeing by the dozens right now from college football to the pros. And to be honest, I I can't blame them, man. I really can't. If you have enough skill and interest and they're going to pay you to do that, by all means, go. I mean, the college game and for these coaches, it I mean, it's 24-7, 365 now. It used to be something that was... It's got to be miserable. Yeah, it used to be... Uh, you know, something where, you know, they obviously hit it hard during summer practice, getting ready for the season. Then there was the season. Then there was recruiting, which wrapped up on, uh, which like this year will wrap up the first Wednesday, which is this Wednesday of February. Then you had a break. Then you had spring ball. Then you had a massive break. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in terms of, especially today. But it never stops now. They're recruiting 24-7. They're recruiting high schools 24-7. They have to recruit their own rosters every day because of these things like tampering and and other and, and someone getting upset because some other players coming in may got a little bit more money than I got last year while I was here, and I'm thinking about going and transferring to LSU then, Coach. What can you do for me now? And I've got me and my buddies. We're actually kind of got this little coalition set up, and we're all out of here. What's going to happen? What are we going to do here, Coach? Right. I mean – you know, it's maddening. And I would imagine that people get into coaching because they love the sport that they were, you know, they once played the sport that they're coaching or have always loved it. Somebody like Mike Leach, right? Yeah. And they get into it and 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 it's fun and, and I'm a coach and, and I'm part of the game still. And some of these folks get really, really good at it and they start moving up the food chain from high school and then into college or maybe even they even start in college and start moving up into big time college or even the NFL and it's like you know what am I doing here I've done 30 years I've made plenty of money I've got someone who's 17 years old telling me they need six million dollars for them to sign with my football program yeah or they're going to go to Texas or A&M or Auburn or wherever and they're making more than most of the people, a lot of the people on my staff that have worked in this game for 25 years. Yeah. They may not even be that great when they get here. They may, they may get injured. They may, you know, it's just in, in the NFL, Jeremy Garrett, the defensive line coach now for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he doesn't have to recruit. Nope. They've got a GM who's going to have a draft or go into free agency and handle all that. And they're going to hand him players. And, and say, all Here you he go. has to do is be a coach. Yeah. And it used to be, yeah, you've seen that movie, Any Given Sunday. I mean, these guys working like, uh, you know, these ridiculous hours and sleeping on their couches and never going home. And Belichick was uh, divorced and Andy Reid's divorced. And, you know, they're just married to the job. And now it's just this kind of fundamental shift to where that's happening in, in college football. Yeah. But it's really kind of wild to see over the past 10 years the offense in college football begin to affect the offense and how they're played in the NFL. And now the coaches in college football are, are being, you know, pushed up into the NFL too. And, uh, you know, I look, I can't blame them. I mean, you got to have a life. 
And if, you know, yeah, God forbid you want to see your wife and kids. I mean that that or you, you know, know that's un- horrible. So, sorry, Mister Coach, we're going to need you after practice to get on a plane and fly out to Texas and recruit all week. Right, exactly. You know, and that's how it is, man. That's how it is. And and you know, and you have these weekends like Auburn just had, where you had, I mean, just dozens of of big name kids, and you've got to be there for 14, 16 hours a day, and and. Oh, your kid's got a birthday this weekend? Too bad. We got kids coming on campus. Deal with it some other time. And, and that's why you see so many so many coaches now leaving the college game. And it's sad to see, but you know, that's just uh that's just where we stand. And so speaking of that, Auburn had a bunch of guys on campus this weekend. Yeah, bunch sure of big did. name guys on campus this weekend. And you look at offensive tackles you look at safeties you look at linebackers you look at running backs I mean Auburn had some serious serious guys in the 25 and 26 class on campus this weekend and and Auburn lost a commitment they did uh do from Kendarius Reddick he is going to UCF he committed and flipped over the weekend um a big time guy that Auburn lost but you had said something and I think you're probably on to something here maybe it's because of what Auburn's potentially bringing in in that spot and maybe he he wanted a better and had a better relationship down there with the guys at UCF and and best of luck to him yeah big time safety from uh Thompson was in this weekend he's been uh he's been here a couple of times he and several other uh big time recruits on the defensive side of the ball you know this could be one of those situations where Auburn said you know wink wink nod nod maybe it's time for you to kind of go look somewhere else without us just pulling your uh, offer I don't know Could've if been. that's the case or not or he may have just liked Trevon Reed so much that he decided he wanted to follow him down to UCF I mean it's not every day that uh, the University of Central Florida gets a big big recruiting win over a, a SEC uh, program especially mm-hmm. one like Auburn that historically has been a pretty good one so uh you know, I don't know really what to make of it. I don't think it's any kind of big issue whatsoever. I mean, if you look at some, I mean, look at some of these players that Auburn brings in this weekend. I mean, they're dipping down already into 2026. You have that's to, what you man. Gotta you do. have you to. You got to start yeah. early. Anthony Jones was in Auburn Saturday. This is the number 11 player in the 2026. He's out of Mobile, a big time linebacker. Four-star linebacker, 6'3", 210, outside linebacker out of St. Paul's. I mean, you know, it it is refreshing. A Georgia linebacker commit was in town. We mentioned him earlier, I believe, Jaden Perlow, big-time receivers. I mean, all these four-star, five-star, four-star, 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 just going down this list. Mm -hmm. So Auburn's not playing around with this recruiting, but – you know, there's a flip side to that that coaches are going to come in and do it for a couple of years and decide, hey, you know, I want to have a life. Maybe I'll just go to the NFL and make some easier money. Yeah, and, you know, that very well could be the case. But good news is Auburn is still getting huge names on campus. They seem to continue to be uh, leaving lasting impacts on these guys. I mean, you had some good uh, publicity from the Senior Bowl this last week as well. And so seems like good things are happening uh, around this Auburn football program and, and this football team, With even with coaches, you know, still leaving and doing their thing. You still have 
some really, really good, I feel like, juju coming out of this uh, this Auburn football program. And it's weekends like this that you just have to have. You and Look, Auburn had some big in-state guys on campus this weekend. We know how important that is to keep trying to take over the state of Alabama because that's something Auburn has not done in, I mean, forever, it seems like. And they're trying to do that. Had a defensive back on campus this weekend from Alabama. So you have to do that. I mean, we... We can't express that enough on how crucial this time is right here, right now, to take over the state of Alabama and hopefully never give it back. Well, this is where you have to begin making your hay for the uh, 2025 recruiting cycle in the class there. It used to be you'd be recruiting for next year this early, but it, you know it wasn't really imperative to get such an early commit. Alabama was the king of building up their class early and then rolling, rolling into a national signing day and finishing it off strong. Auburn's doing a lot of that now. If you look at the 2025 team rankings at rivals right now for high school recruits, Auburn's sitting pretty at number seven with seven recruits. That is third in the SEC behind LSU and Oklahoma and right in front of Texas. I'm scrolling down here, Jacob, uh, on this rival site for rankings and recruiting, and uh, I'm really having a hard time finding Alabama and Kalen DeBoer. Um, I didn't think there was going to be much drop-off. They're ranked 35th right now going into the 2025. Hmm. I would suggest it might be time to start getting some commitments. It's really weird to read these articles right now and hear a guy say, hey, yeah, you know, I'm going to take my time with this, and probably by the end of March I'm going to commit somewhere and get ready for the season and get in early and get going because signing day is right around the corner next December. But if you don't have the uh, at least half of your class or close to it committed, or firmly committed uh, without saying so by May and you're not already in the top 20, it's hard to make up that ground by December to get into the top 20. Yeah. You got to get them now. You got to get them early. You got to get them, oh, I don't want to say signed on the dotted line with some type of NIL, but you better because if you don't, somebody else will. Well, and that trend that you talked about of getting guys committed and holding, getting them early and holding on to them until the end and just signing them and not having any worry, yeah, that's not a thing anymore. See you later to that because of NIL. We know the horror stories already that Auburn's had to deal with and everybody else is having to deal with as well. Well, it's no, it, there are no fun and games anymore. It's not about who has the better program. It's about who's got the biggest pocketbook. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone line. Spectre, hold on. You'll be first up when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines once again here on the Monday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. Spectre, what's up, man? We appreciate you holding on through the break. Well, you guys talking about my favorite subject, which is recruiting. And, uh, you know, I've always told throughout the years, even before the On the Line was on, on the air, that recruiting was the name of the game. If, you, if you're good at recruiting, you're going to have a successful program. Mm-hmm. And over the years, Auburn has managed, every time they change a coach, get rid of the best recruiters. And now we're trying to get some of them back. But this, you know, what's going on today with NIL is, you know, some people don't want to hear it, but they can hear it because this is my time to talk. Uh, 
it's it's going to be it's it's going to get a lot worse than what it is now, and I hope it doesn't happen. But I've heard some coaches say it's going to be the death of of college football. But uh, you seen what it did to the best coach in the country. Yeah. It and he had no. He had no inkling to retire, but he isn't going to put up with the madness that's going on with it. And if if there's an answer to it, I, the best I can give is you take a company, a big uh, multi-million-dollar company, they don't have the CEOs and and uh, out there recruiting. They have their own recruiters for their companies, and the CEO CEO is never involved. Well, take the military for instance, as big as they are. You don't see the colonels and the captains, the majors, and the senior NCOs out there recruiting people to come into the military. Mm-hmm. They have a recru- they have a recruiting staff, and that's about the best thing that we can do. Just take Auburn for instance. You, get, you have your coaches, and then you have a recruiting staff, and that's all they do is recruit. I and, think uh, you know, I think Specter. A lot of programs are already going to that. Uh, you see that Auburn brought in uh, the Redmond guy from LSU to kind of be a general manager. You know, it's uh, yes. it's not necessarily player development, but uh, roster development. You know, and a lot of these programs, from what I've heard, already have uh, people on staff. Uh, I think Ole Miss has done a good job with this first, identifying players that they would like to get from other schools possibly next season. Some people call that tampering, but there's loopholes around that by contacting family members of the player and not the player themselves and just saying, hey, we got our eye on your kid. Uh, Would you like for him to come and play in the SEC possibly next year instead of playing at Tulane or or at Troy or at some other smaller school, right? So um, you're already seeing these teams of recruiters for NIL. And, you know, quite frankly, Alabama's already had teams of recruiters for years out there. It's called the REC. Yeah, that's what's going to have to happen with every program. They're just going to have to get on board with it. Uh, like I said, the military is a prime example of that. They go to the families. They go to the moms and pops and say, you know, your son's a good candidate. He's got good scores, aptitude, and all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the thing about but, that, though, is, I mean, it, it just takes a lot of trust to do that, right? And that's the biggest thing is, you know, there's no bigger – I guess flex for lack of a better word. There's no bigger flex than when the head coach walks in the front door and and that's what it's taken for so long. But I mean, if we're just recruiting and whoever has the biggest checkbook, then does it really matter if it's the head coach showing up to your front door or not, if it's the same amount of money? That's right. I mean, Spectre, uh, are we really I mean, I'm with I've been in sales for a long time, right? And I'm working for a company and and I'm out there, I'm hustling up work, I'm in business development. But I get a really, really big fish on the line, and this is a big deal, right? You know what? I'm going to help bring in the big dogs, and the owner of the company's come coming with me to that last meeting to lock it down. That's how it used to be. But I'm picking up what you're laying down because let me ask you a question. Do you think that Ryan Williams is really dead set 100% going to Alabama because Kalen DeBoer walked through that door, and he was Mr. Big Shot, Mr. Closer guy? I mean, no, do you really believe that? No. Does anybody really and truly believe that, that Kalen DeBoer is just as good as a closer and recruiter as Nick Saban was? No. No, money talks. No, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban didn't have a hand in that. Which very well could be true. And Hey, look, and would you blame Alabama for not 
uh, ask him for a little help there? Because yeah. if he was uh, if he was here at Auburn and had an office over there in Jordan Hare Stadium, like he allegedly is going to have at Bryant Denny, I'd want him out there talking to some big fish too. Right. Okay. Well, somebody's calling me. I got to go. I run. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later about it. Yeah, that sounds good, Spectre. We Thank, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Spectre. It, had bigger name, other line. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, Spectre's a busy man. He's yeah. A busy, he's a busy Speaking man. Speaking of business, I guess he had to take care of something. That's right. Go make that sale, man. 334-321-1390. We got Jacob Hillman joining us in just a couple of minutes. But look, Spectre is right. And and this is the whole NIL transfer portal. Again, this is a conversation you could have every day for two hours a day, four hours a day, seven hours a day on this radio station. You could. You can have that conversation. We're not going to. Wailing and gnashing of teeth is what I call this. Yeah, but again, I, I I get what he was getting to there. It's like eventually, does it get to the point where, yeah, you just have a team of 20 to 25, and that is like, and you still have these types of play, people on staff, but what Spectre's talking about is, all right, I've got 25 experts. I've got 25 of my recruiting team, and... Hugh Freeze doesn't hit the trail anymore. Kalen DeBoer doesn't go hit the trail anymore. Brian Kelly doesn't go recruiting anymore. You just send these folks out. You send them out. You send them with a budget. You say, all right, this is what you can spend. Right? It's like it's like going to the mall hey. for Christmas with a credit card and say, all right, we need to buy for these amount of family members. You got this amount of money. Go figure it out. And good luck. Hey, take them shopping on that last weekend of the – uh, when they're making the decision like uh, T.J. Yeldon down in, in Fairhope years ago. I mean, this has already been going on forever off the books, Jacob. Oh, I'm saying the budget for you players. When, I'm saying this yeah. recruiting staff gets a, you've got a yeah. $50 million like budget, said, go this, give me a roster. Like I said, I think this has already been going on yeah. for years yeah. with the more sophisticated and successful programs. And the Nick Saban didn't just beat down the recruiting trail forever and go visit every single player and lock them down he had teams of people all over the all over the south especially like in mobile who knew and they started grooming and new players and recruits from their 10th grade year on and then you know when they had to when it was go time and he was there to lock it down yes or no that's when you send in the closer man the ice man but 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 i think there are still ncaa rules out there that just prevent you from just having the dream team of recruiters go out there. I think only certain amount of coaches can actually go visit players. But you can't tell me that that kind of thing hasn't been going on for you. That's the kind of infrastructure that Kirby Smart set up at Georgia off the books. Well, that's also why you see the SEC and the Big Ten grouping together to try and help redirect the future of college athletics, whatever the heck that means. There's the conversation. A.K.A. They're about to tell, and I've been calling this for years. Yep. They're about to tell the NCAA to shove it, is what they're about to do. What, what, Spectre said something about a you know, multi-million dollar corporation and a CEO just to, you know, if there's a big deal, obviously he would be in on the close on it, but, but, but what's about to happen in a multi-million dollar organization is that the, one of the most successful parts and componentry of that organization is about to be spun off. They're about to be kicked out the door. And that's called college football. They're not going to – it's not going to be, well, the NCAA is dead. They're going to be allowed to come up with a plan and save a little face and so-called spin off 
college football or big-time college football into its own little entity and still get a cut from it. And that brings us back to the whole topic as well of do we ever get to the point where college students were where – 19 year olds don't even go to college anymore they're just playing football they're just playing pre-league football they're playing minor league college football they're playing minor league nfl football where i'm gonna go play for auburn but i'm not going to school why would i do that why would i do that when i can make millions of dollars we may not even call it college football anymore kind of like jennifer capriotti being raised in a tennis academy right yeah she had a kind of a school there but that school that she went to really was how to become a professional tennis player and it worked so maybe you're just going to have these almost like academy like spin-off schools for auburn which are just basically football based Hmm. very well could happen i mean i don't really see how else you're going to uh reform and and get everything under wraps unless you have some type of spinoff yeah i'm with you on that we'll talk to jacob hillman of the auburn sports network all sorts of updates around auburn athletics on the other side you are on the line with jacob goertz on espn 1067 auburn opelika's sports leader it is Monday at 3.30. We've got 30 more minutes on the show, but that means we are welcomed by Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us here on ESPN 106.7. How are you, man? Happy Monday, brother. Yeah, I'm doing well. We're getting set for another couple of big weeks here on the plane, so uh, hard not to be excited at this point in the year. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, we're getting into the the heart of basketball season. Baseball starts, what is that, next week, next weekend, and then softball even before that. Gymnastics going on, spring practice, A-Day will be coming up. I mean, there's not there's not enough time to talk about everything happening over with Auburn Athletics. No, there certainly isn't. So I imagine you probably just want to go ahead and jump right into it. Yes, I do. And we'll talk about uh, Auburn men's basketball first. As uh, last time we talked to you was Monday when Auburn uh, was coming off back-to-back road losses. They took care of business against Vanderbilt on Wednesday. No need to really go into that a whole lot. They went on the road, though, again this weekend in a game where they were looking for their first quad one win on the season, trying to bounce back on the road at Auburn with a historic second half of 56 points. They take down the Rebels and Ole Miss. Yeah, man, it was an impressive showing uh, for Auburn in the second half. I mean, you, you, you nearly double your field goal percentage there in the second half. Uh, going from 38 to 73% shooting from the floor. Uh, you almost do the same from three as well, uh, from 36 to 62%. And that obviously wasn't the only story in the second half uh, for for the Tigers because it, it was it was a lot of Jedi Broom just kind of doing what he wanted to do, whether that's on the offensive end, defensive end, whatever it was. And, and then everyone kind of figuring things out. Six guys in double-figure scoring. That's what we've – come to know of this Auburn team and I, I I'm really excited to see more of these guys continue to to to, to fight their way through what was uh, a weak stretch that that, that 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 was a struggle uh so you know specifically guys like Katie Johnson uh I thought he had a great game <laughs> on Saturday he was perfect from the field he played his uh marquee defense and he obviously didn't have his best week especially on the offensive end against Alabama or Mississippi State, but he was able to bounce back and do that. So guys doing that is, is really encouraging uh, for this ball club and, and where they're uh, really trying to 
uh, get to, and that, that's contend for an SEC championship, but that obviously continues this week against uh, the team that's at the top of the SEC. Yeah, that's right. Speaking with Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network, before we get to that game Wednesday, you talk about Janai Broom, 25 minutes, nine rebounds, seven assists, and 15 points. Looked like, to me, even played bigger than that in the game against Ole Miss than those stats. And you retweeted it over there at your uh, at your ex-handle, Jacob Hillman AU, this uh, Auburn basketball tweet, Janai Broom, SEC Player of the Week, big man in charge. How about that? Yeah, man, it, it, it's been really incredible to watch his game grow over the, these last two years. And I think it's starting to culminate into these last two months of this season and obviously, he has uh, a professional aspirations, and, and he's starting to show that kind of ability, I think, uh, in his game. And I also think that he's starting to really work his way into that SEC Player of the Year conversation. Obviously, he's not scoring those gaudy numbers that uh, Amar Sears or Dalton Connect is scoring uh, at Alabama and Tennessee, but that's because of, like I mentioned, there's six guys in double figures. He wasn't even technically the leading scorer. Uh, for Auburn on Saturday, but I, I would I would say it's safe to say he was the best player on the floor for Auburn. He had three blocks as well as those numbers that you mentioned, T-Bone, and I, I, I just really think that he's coming into his own, and I think Auburn really noticed in the second half, we can just feed this guy the entire second half, and he is going to make it work. It, I, I think he had there was one sequence where uh, I think he, he had a block shot, then ran down, made a three, another good defensive possession. They just fed it right back to him in the paint. He was able to score. It, it was really, really uh, nice to watch Auburn's offense adjust in that second half and, and, and find what worked and continue to feed uh, the guy that was eating. Well, the thing that Bruce Pearl brought up on the on the postgame show for you guys at the Auburn Sports Network was Janai Broom, I mean, he was near a triple-double, Hillman. Yeah. I mean, he, he literally almost had a triple-double with – points, rebounds, and out of all things, assists by passing the ball. And that's something that that we've had a lot of conversation about is, man, Auburn can work the offense through Janai Broom, not necessarily just scoring all the time, but let him be the facilitator. Let him be the quarterback, if you will, of this five-man offense. Yeah, I saw I, – I, I, I want to give credit where it's due to who got this stat. I forget who it was, but it was on Twitter. And it was about how Janai – assisted on hockey assist he was a he basically was a critical part of half of the scores in the game on Saturday whether that was wow. setting a screen whether it was actually scoring um hockey assist where he passes to the guy who got the assist mm-hmm. I I mean I thought it was really it, it was Justin Ferguson I think and it was really really impressive to see him just I mean really just sling the rock like that because guys were really uh, keying in on him scoring. So I, I really think it opens up the offense, and especially when he is a threat to shoot from deep. Uh, I, I really like the way he, he, he's looking at that. He's, he's shooting a couple of games, and uh, if they go in, they go in. If they don't, he's he's back in the paint, and he's he's doing it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what, what Neville Arena is like on Wednesday. 
Well, that's exactly where we're going next, as after Auburn gets that quad one win, they're now up to number 12 in today's latest AP poll, and one of the biggest games of the year for Auburn. It was the biggest game of the year so far for Alabama a couple weeks ago, and now it'll turn around and pretty much be the same way for Auburn as the number 16 Alabama Crimson Tide come to Neville Arena, 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 pregame start over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Man, put it into words, break it down for us, Hillman. This is a big one on Wednesday. Yeah, man, it, it feels like this is something Bradlaw and I have talked about over the last few weeks. It's, it, it's interesting because this feels like the first year where Auburn and Alabama have both been kind of on top of their games. You know, each year Alabama has, has won the SEC. Auburn's not really been itself. It's middle of the pack of the SEC. And, and same thing, when all, whenever Auburn's won the SEC these last few years, Alabama's kind of been in the middle of the pack trailing behind. This year, this this game could decide who wins the conference. This is going to be the difference between uh, these teams getting a three or a four seed or maybe even a two or a three seed. And you never know, this could spark something that one of these teams gets into that one seed conversation. So that's, that, that, that's the first and foremost, is that this game has more implications uh, on, on season end uh, accolades than I think we've ever seen with the Auburn and Alabama rivalry in these past few years. So that's obviously something to look at. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that it is a big advantage for Auburn to, to be coming back home, having seen this team two weeks ago, and you were right there. You, you were right there. You had a chance to win that game. Uh, obviously, rebounding is what we talked about after that week. I, I think that looked a bit better this past week. So, again, I, I just think being back at home and – It'll be it'll be interesting to see what the defensive game plan is because we know what this Alabama team likes to do and that shoot the three ball a lot and they shot it well on Saturday against Mississippi State, uh, putting 99 points on them, and that's a good defensive Mississippi State team. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what the game plan is for Auburn and, and what adjustments they make from uh, two weeks ago. Jacob, uh, speaking of basketball, the Lady Tigers traveled out to Arkansas yesterday, got up to a pretty hot start and then gave up a big lead in the third quarter only to come storming back late but fall short 74-72. For a lot of people out there who have not been paying attention, the Lady Tigers have been playing some pretty good basketball. What's what's, uh, the rest of the season going to look like in uh, moving into the SEC tournament? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. This past weekend against Arkansas, that was that was a tough third quarter. That that Auburn's unfortunately seen uh, a time or two too many uh, th- this season so far, where you, you have a solid lead, but then the third quarter you come out of the locker room a little flat, and and I think Arkansas really just came out on fire uh, uh, yesterday. So it, it was a little too much to overcome in the first, fourth quarter. Auburn had a chance to win, but unable to get it done. But honestly, Scott Grayson is, has been on an absolute tear. She, she scored thirty-one points. Yeah. She scored 31 points in the loss to South Carolina on Thursday, and she had another 27 yesterday against Arkansas. But uh, like you said, looking down the road, you've got some important games coming up because you're, Auburn has appeared in, in, in some uh, in some brackets early on here in February uh, for the NCAA Women's Tournament coming up in March. So you, you're going to have to keep winning. They're, they're right there on the bubble. So uh, you, these next three games I think are pretty critical. You've got road games at Missouri, and then at Alabama on February 18th. But right in between those games is a home game next Thursday against Kentucky. And I think these are three games that you're going to have to win uh, because Auburn struggled on the road. That, that there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But 
they have to go on the road and win if they're going to prove themselves as an NCAA tournament team. And that starts this coming up Sunday at Missouri. You bring up, honestly, Scott Grayson. And look, Auburn women's basketball in the in the past, I don't know, decade has had good players throughout. But, man, they have yet – I mean, they haven't had a score like this in a long time, no. right? I mean, this this is something that Auburn women's basketball just hasn't seen. Yeah, she, 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 she's an absolute stud. She, she came back for her fifth year, and, and that was because she wanted a chance to, to, to help Auburn go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in a, in a, in a while. And obviously they had the NIT run last year where they, uh, uh, they won in Neville Arena but then went to Clemson and, and came up short. So they, they want to take that next step and, and really set the foundation for this program in the future. And, and, and I think regardless of, of how the season ends, you still have a lot of positives to look at. Obviously, you got the win over LSU. You got the win over Alabama. Uh, right now, you're sitting on the bubble. I don't. I don't think Auburn's really been on the bubble for the NCAA tournament under Coach Shea yet. So now it's a time to try and take advantage and uh, and get some wins that'll that'll really cement your seating uh, in 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 March. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network with us on ESPN 106.7. He joins us every Monday at 3.30 in the second hour talking all things Auburn athletics. And next Friday, Auburn baseball gets underway over at Plainsman Park. But uh, this Friday, Auburn softball gets underway as they will be playing Virginia Tech. Crazy to think that softball and baseball season are here. Yeah, hey, fingers crossed for the weather (laughs) to be cooperative over these next few weeks. Is it supposed to be bad? I haven't looked yet. I don't know. Well, I, I think I think this weekend it's going to be warm, but the, the rain might might might, ah. might play a factor. We'll see. We'll see. It, it, it's low percentages right now, but it's one of those the scattered deals. So we'll see. I, I'm happy with the warmth. I'll take that uh, for sure. So I'm not shivering in that press box. But no, you're right. The, the Tiger Invitational this uh, this weekend it, it's one of the better non-conference tournaments that Auburn softball has hosted uh, in Coach Dean's tenure. You've got. Number 23, Virginia Tech, and you've got Illinois and Belmont coming in uh, to Jane B. Moore Field. You don't see a lot of the Power 5 teams uh, making that trip. Auburn usually plays its Power 5 non-conference opponents uh, at a neutral site, whether that's uh, in Puerto Vallarta next week in, in Mexico or uh, in Clearwater or something like that. So uh, it, it's good to see some of these big-time programs come to Jane B. Moore Field. You can get your tickets at aubtix.com. Uh, and that's for all season as well. SEC games are, are up and for sale. So and there's 36 home games. Uh, make make your way out to Jamie Moore Field this year. Awesome, man. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Plug everything you got. Plug everything for the Auburn Sports Network. Like you mentioned, it's another busy week in Auburn athletics. <laughs> yeah, fo- follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. Follow the Auburn Sports Network at AU Sports Network. And uh, w- we'll start with Wednesday, Auburn, Alabama. Jacob mentioned it, 6 o'clock tip-off, 5.30 airtime on Wing 94.3 FM and across the Auburn Sports Network. Andy Burcham, Sonny Smith, Brad Law had the call. And then uh, Friday, gymnastics, host Alabama. Wear your orange. Go get your standing room only tickets at aubtix.com. And also Friday, like I said, softball starts up. Uh, Britt Bowen will have the call at 1 and 4 Central um, against Virginia Tech and Belmont. And I'll have the call on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, to wrap up the Tiger Invitational. So, yeah, man, it, it, it is busy now, and we are excited for it. So uh, stay tuned to the Auburn Sports Network. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time, and uh, good luck on the broadcast this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. 
Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you then. War Eagle. That's Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He's with us every Monday at 3.30 talking all things Auburn athletics. We'll take our final break and wrap up the show when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Show flew by today, did it not? It kind of went by pretty quick as um, Jacob and Uncle T-Bone wrapping up the show with you here on ESPN 106.7. And uh, need to plug a few things really quickly before we get out of here. We've got postseason high school basketball going on tonight. Uh, I will be on the air over on Tiger Country 104.5, Lee Scott Academy Elite Eight. We're in the deep Heart of postseason play now. It'll be the girls tonight, boys tomorrow, both playing Monroe. Uh, so girls will start tonight at at uh, at five. I'll be on the air, pretty much going right over from here and uh, going straight there. That'll be tonight for the girls. Boys will be tomorrow for Lee Scott Academy playing Monroe at five o'clock. Also over on ninety six three W Lee Auburn High School is playing in their area championship game. Girls tonight, boys tomorrow. You can join Jack Hutton on ninety six three W Lee. Uh, they will be going on the air at six, so you can be sure to catch some high school postseason basketball between me and Jack Hutton. You may as well just flip back and forth one zero four five on one station air on one channel and 96.3 on the other so that's what's going on in high school basketball the big thanks to jacob hillman of the auburn sports network uh, for joining us and yeah man it is a busy time when it comes to auburn athletics with softball literally starting this week uncle t-bone yeah really exciting time on the plains and in all around sports a lot of high school activity going on good luck to lee scott both the girls and the boys and the old baby Tigers from Auburn High looking to get themselves another uh, uh, area championship in both basketball and uh, both, both women's and men's basketball. So uh, all kinds of good stuff. High school baseball is about to crank yeah, up. Yeah, I know. I got to get our schedules together, yeah. Yeah, my son's playing on the JV uh, tennis team. They went down to Mobile and got a big win in a tournament down there this past weekend. So all kinds of things going on sports-wise. If you, if you can't find something to participate in watching sports right now, then you're just choosing not to even, not to even try. Speaking of which, our guy's got an interesting te- text. Uh-oh. I just got someone sent this to me. This is no HUD matrix here. This is no Jack Hudden, but this is somebody calling themselves JBR Bracketology on the X slash Twitter at JBR Bracketology. Running the data again this afternoon on past national champions, the following eight teams best match the profiles of every national championship dating back to 2000. Here we go. You ready for them, Jacob? I love this stuff. Houston, Purdue, UConn, Arizona, Tennessee, BYU, Illinois, and your Auburn Tigers. That's it, folks. Lead pipe, lock it down. (laughs) Auburn's an Elite Eight team. Start making your plans. You might as well make them for uh, Arizona. I believe that's where the national championship this year in the Final Four is. Auburn's going to the Elite Eight. JBR Bracketology just lead pipe, locked it down. What are the the justifications? What are the things that those teams match up with that – with past national champions there's usually a couple of stats where yeah you have i got to be, no clue man it just i mean he's running the data man it's in the 
numbers. That's all the, I know. It's in the numbers. You just got to trust the numbers. It's no right? HUD matrix by no, any it's means. Not. It's not the HUD rankings. I will but. say this too. New teams added this week were Illinois and Duke, and teams that fell out of this guy's Elite Eight, Creighton and Marquette. We've been kind of big on Creighton this year, but look, where's my Dayton Flyers and FAU Owls? Yeah, where's the Flyers, man? They're a top, 10, they're a top 15 team in the country. They should be. They're playing well. Well, it's over. Nothing matters from here on out. Auburn's going to the Elite Eight. We're good. This guy said Auburn's the Elite Eight team. So when it doesn't happen, we'll be sure we uh, we make sure we'll come after this guy the day after the Elite Eight on this program. So hope he knows that. Hope he knows we're about to uh, ride or die him until it happens or it doesn't yeah. happen, and we're going to blame him on everything. And um, yeah, I don't know if he's ready. I don't know if he's ready for our fans to come after him like that, Uncle Tebow. And there we got a feisty bunch on this show sometimes. Yeah, that Auburn Twitter crowd has no mercy. Mm. I mean, they sweep the leg every day over there on Twitter. I, you don't want to get those Auburn folks upset with you. I'm an Auburn dude, and I, they got a little upset with me after that New Mexico State game, Uh-oh. and I had to take a break from Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I probably took it a little too far, but, oh, boy, no mercy, man. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Hey, that's social media for you, man. It's a brutal world out there. It is that. Mm. Well, Another show in the books. Can't believe it went by this fast time. I'm telling you. Flying when you're having fun. I really appreciate you having me back on today, Jacob. Of course, man. You'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, I'll be back in here tomorrow, uh, 2 to 4. We'll have Daryl Dapperich on tomorrow afternoon in the second hour. See if we have some news coming out of football side of things. More basketball talk as well. Plus, whatever else happens in the world of sports. We'll have some Super Bowl talk as the week goes on as well. High school basketball. Lee Scott with me, 5 o'clock. Tiger Country. 1045 and Auburn High School with Jack Cudden, 6 o'clock on 96.3 W. Lee. Until tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 1067. He's Uncle T Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.